We are in our teaching series in the evenings here in Orangefield, just a, a little mini-series around spiritual gifts. And tonight, uh, we are thinking about hearing God's voice, and with it, the prophetic and the prophetic gifting. And I've asked, um, Brian's a friend of mine, he's a member of Orangefield, he's part of our prayer ministry team here, and I've asked Brian to come and share and teach tonight. So Brian, I'd love to welcome you forward. You're welcome, you're welcome. Can I pray just as we begin? Would that be all right? Sure. Very simply, Heavenly Father, through your word, by your spirit, through your harvest bounty, and through the words of your servant, Brian, speak to us tonight and give us ears that we may hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Good to see you tonight. I don't know why I said that. When I had a church, I used to say that to people, good to see you tonight. This is not my church. I don't have to say that tonight. But it's good to see you anyway. Um, yeah, we're talking tonight about prophecy. Um, listen to God's voice. And um, Gareth asked me to do this about two months ago. Gareth, that's a long, long, long time for people to wait. <laughs> you should have told me yesterday. <laughs> that would be a lot better for me. Um, yeah, um, I found a wee bit of liberty tonight. Liberty I didn't have this afternoon. In fact, I was in the doldrums this afternoon. I said, why am I doing this? I really, really, really do not want to do this. That was this afternoon. <laughs> and, and then I came down tonight, and we went into the prayer room, and then Gareth joined us. My wife was there. We prayed, and I started to feel things lifting. I started to feel, yeah, this is obviously from the enemy. This is not, not God, or maybe not me, part, probably partly me, but certainly it was the, the enemy's involvement. Now, when I was thinking today, over the last three months, uh, regarding what I was going to say tonight, one thing I want to emphasize to all of us, you're all included. This isn't just for the, the super spiritual. This must be for every person in this room if you're born again. Because you'll find, when we go through the word, that's the criteria. But I, I, I don't want anybody to switch off. Let's hear what the Spirit has to say tonight and let us sort of grow in our faith in Christ. Uh, Jim, can the, no, uh, do Chris uh, reading first, don't we? Yeah, sorry about that. Yes, there's a short reading we're going to do first of all. That's 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah, just a couple of verses. And, um, you know, this actually, this is about love. This actually will be rated, rated throughout um, our little journey tonight. But we're starting off here with 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in, the, in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am a, a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and, cannot and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have... And I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I do not love, have love, I am nothing. And that is not just to do with prophecy, 
That is to do with every aspect of God's plan for us. God is a God of love. He's a God who wants us to be like him, to take on his nature, to take on what he's like. And the center of God and Christ is love. And if we are going to do what God wants us to do, we have to do it in an attitude of love. Okay, Jim, thank you. There's the first slide up. Um, do you like the slide? Yes, yeah, good, isn't it? Um, I, I did that myself, actually. I didn't do the drawing myself, but I did the, I did the shape myself. I'm, I'm very proud of that. Because it, <laughs> the dove is the Holy Spirit, and we know that, don't we? And the, the Bible is the Word of God. And it was what Garth said earlier, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have Jesus as the Word. God and Jesus are one. The, the Holy Spirit responds not to you and to me directly. He responds to the Word of God that, that's through, um, through Jesus Christ. Um, if we look at uh, 1 John 5 and 7, it says this. There are three that bear witness in heaven. Right, there's three. That, this is all going to be very important at the start, so hang in there. There's um, three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. You can't separate them. They are one. They're in total agreement with each other. They're always in harmony with each other. And there is no way you can separate them. Now that is good news when we get into what we're talking about tonight. That is actually good news. Um, can I have the next slide, Jim, please? Maybe just say next slide. If I say next slide, Jim, please. Okay, back one. Okay, that's the one we want. Um, <clears throat> right, I'll read this through first of all, then we'll discuss it in more detail because this is pretty important. Um, uh, John 16, 13, 14. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Notice the word all. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Now, I'll go through that again, a bit more slowly this time. And there's things we have to catch in this one. This actually is a very, very, very important scripture. The two verses are very important. And if you have a Bible, not the nice new ones, but if you have your Bible at home, underline it, because this is so important, okay? And if, if we start to split this up in different levels, we, we're going to hear a lot of things that Jesus said Jesus said a lot in two verses. Now, the first part, he says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he has not come yet uh, in this this scripture. Jesus is here, and the Holy Spirit will not come until Jesus uh, ascends into heaven. So in actual fact, this is a prophetic word we're hearing from the very start. There's prophecy in this. There's prophetic teaching in these two verses. And it goes on to and you know, you know, that's, that's what tells us that Jesus had to die on the cross at Calvary. He, he had the resurrection. Then he had the ascension. 
And when he is in the Mount of Olives, he says, um, tarry in Jerusalem, wait until the promise of the Father. What's the promise of the Father? The promise of the Father is the, the sending of the Holy Spirit. And wait in Jerusalem until that promise comes. That promise came uh, on the day of Pentecost. As far as the Greek is concerned, I think it's Pentecost. It's, it's 50 days after the, the ascension. And then the Holy Spirit came. And I thought about this, I went through this a couple of days ago. And anybody who's old, over 60 years of age may know this, as most of you is over 60 here tonight. Is there anybody over 60 here tonight? Do you remember that song, The Comforter Has Come, The Holy Ghost from Heaven, The Father's Promise Given? Good for you. Oh, spread the tidings round till every man has something. The Comforter has come. Okay? It's just the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. He is the Comforter. He will comfort us. He will help us. He will be with us. He will guide us. He will look after us. He will give us truth. He will guide us into all truth. I thank God. I thank the Holy Spirit. There's no fake news in the Holy Spirit. There's no fake news in the Holy Spirit. There's no lies in the Holy Spirit. There's no deception. It is just pure truth. And it's that truth that will set us free. So, He will not speak of his own authority. We're getting somewhere here now. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he he hears, he will speak. Okay, so he's not going to speak about himself. That's what this is saying. The Holy Spirit is not going to speak about himself. He is going to speak about what he hears from Jesus. When it comes to prophesying, and when it comes to hear what the Spirit has to say, this is marvelous because the, the origin of that is actually Jesus. We're going to hear, when, when, when a prophet or a prophetic utterance comes your direction, through that person, through the Holy Spirit, it's got its origin in Jesus. This is coming from the Lord. You know something? I don't know if we really believe that. Deal with it ourselves. Do we really catch that? When God speaks to us, yeah, God spoke to me. Excuse me, who spoke to you? God spoke to me. God spoke to us. The power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, it is marvelous. So we hear, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will not speak with his own authority, but what he hears, he will speak. Then he goes on to say, and he will tell you things to come. That's one aspect of prophecy, by the way. He will tell you things to come. It is the foretelling aspect of prophecy. There's other aspects of prophecy, but that's the foretelling type. Um, He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. That means he will glorify Jesus, for he will take what what is of mine and declare it to you. So here we have, again, the Holy Spirit saying, I will not... He won't talk about himself, but he will glorify Jesus because he takes the things of Jesus. Now, one thing I'd like to say at this stage about the Holy Spirit and the glory. Um, the glory all the glory goes to Jesus from the Holy Spirit. That means we are not going to get any glory. I think sometimes if we're honest 
in our hearts. We would like to get a little bit of glory for ourselves, just that little bit of glory to, to make me feel good and give me a nice feeling about myself. The fact of the matter is the Holy Spirit will not work if we're going to get the glory. He works when the, Holy, when, when the glory goes to Jesus. And it goes on to say, and he will take of what is mine, that is what of Jesus, and he will declare it to you. That's where we come into it. We declare it to other people once we hear from the Holy Spirit. Thank you, next slide. Now, I love this slide. Do you like my slide? Do you like that wee fella? That wee fella is the happiest boy in Belfast. He really is. He has... He, he, he's found something in the Bible that tickled him. He really did. And he is so happy and he can't stop laughing. And what he found was in Romans 6 and 23. So what's Romans 6 and 23? I may ask. No one's joking. I really no one's joking. I would hate that to happen to me so I wouldn't do that to anybody else. <laughs> okay. That's what he's seen. In Romans 6 and 23, he found that the gift of God is eternal life. He, he, he discovered the gift of God is eternal life. There is no gift greater than the gift of God, which is eternal life. You can go as far as this universe will take you. You will never find a greater gift than eternal life. It's so funny. We have eternal life. We have the gift of eternal life. Yippee! <laughs> it is, we can't catch it. We really can't catch it. It is good, it's too deep, it's too far for us to understand. But we have to accept it. Like that wee man, he accepts that he has eternal life. And that is so important. All the other gifts of the Bible are less important than that. You can pick a, a, a gift or two in the Bible, and I'll pick a gift in the Bible. Now, the one I'm going to pick is that one. You can pick something else. You, know, you can pick the gift of, of if, if, if it works this way, you give it, pick the gift of, of prophecy. Well, you're going to prophesy for a season or two, then you're going to die. But here, I've got eternal life. That's much more important. But in saying that, they're all important. It's just a uh, categorized, which is important more than others. Now, the Holy Spirit, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord, the Holy Spirit comes within us. We, we understand that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Um, our bodies are a temple for the Holy Spirit. Now, in Romans, when Paul spoke this, he says, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. That wasn't just written for the sake of it. That is our template. That's the way we go. The Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, let me explain this in a way that I think is, you'll find useful. Um, When, when, the, when I, I work in um, sort of ministry, I'm a full-time in ministry, 
although I'm semi-retired now, but I, I do a lot of counselling and, and ministry in that counselling, okay? And we get quite a lot of people who come and say, you know, I have, I have God. I know that God loves me. I know he loves me unconditionally. And I have it up here. Do you ever hear this? I have it up here, but I can't get it down here. And I think probably in this room, a lot of us are probably in there somewhere. I got it up here, but I don't really feel it in my heart, in my spirit. Why is that? And I said, I'm reading my Bible. I'm really trying to get it down. Do you know something? It won't work that way. That's not how it works. From head to heart or from head to spirit is no go area. It is the other way. It comes from down upwards, not up downwards. This is why it says up there, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirits that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that God loves us. The Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So if I want to experience the love of God, which I I, I do, we all want that, because if I don't have the love of God in my heart, I'm going to feel like a failure. I'm going to feel inadequate. I'm going to feel as if I cannot do the things that God wants me to do. Because I'm not, I'm not, I don't understand this love. I don't feel this love. Tonight, my friends, you can feel his love. Tonight, you can feel his love. But you don't do it this way down. Whatever your, that's your soul. Your soul is your intellect, your will, and your emotions. And your soul will never catch this directly. The Bible tells me, not me, the Bible tells me that that God's spirit testifies with our spirit. So, I'm going to stop trying to get it from there to there. It's not going to work. I'm not going to read more stuff and read more books about God's love. Do you know what I'm going to do? Holy Spirit, I need your help. You're the spirit of love. I need your love. I need to experience the Father's love in my heart. If I don't experience that, I am not going to do very well in this world. Holy Spirit, come. And I guarantee you, the God of love wants to fill your heart, your spirit, with that love. And when you have it in your spirit, then the way is up. Then it goes to your mind. Then it goes to your emotions. Then it goes to your will. Then it goes to your intellect. Via via your spirit. Okay? Catch that, please. Please really catch that one because that's what you have to do. And if you don't do that, you're not doing what God tells us. So we'll have a problem. So we yield to what God wants. Thank you, Jim. Can we go to the next one? Now, I'm moving on now. Uh, oh, dear, what time have we got? Hmm? 20 minutes? 25 minutes? 45? <laughs> oh, 25 minutes. So, okay. 55? 50, 20. All right. Right, we'll get rid of all that. We'll start here. No, we won't. We'll start here. The different categories of the prophetic 
put this in because people get a bit confused about the prophetic. There are, there are different types of prophetic ministry. Now, you know, the, if you go back to the Bible, back to the Old Testament, the, whole te- the Old Testament is full of stories about prophets, different types of prophets, big prophets, minor prophets, major prophets, and, and it's, it's full of that. Now, there's, uh, we're doing a, one of the prophets in Sunday morning, and I think it's brilliant. I'm not saying because you're here, Gareth, but it is brilliant. Um, and on Moses, and um, that man, there has not been a man of God like Moses. In fact, it says about Moses in Romans 12, he says, yet he was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else in the face of the earth. He was humble, but yet he's seen God face to face. Marvelous. But there's another um, prophet of the Old Testament who is great too, and that's Elijah. I just want to mention a few moments about Elijah. Elijah went around and did wonderful things. He, a little boy, he was, he was dead. He brought him back to life. He did the, 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 the big fire at, the, at um, the Baal worshippers, you know. I did that. He actually put water on his fire. And, and even then, it, it lit up and theirs didn't light up. But one thing about Elijah, it says about Elijah, he's as a man after his own heart. Okay? And things weren't going well in Israel, so he had to go and see King Ahab. God said to him as a prophet, go and see King Ahab. And say to King Ahab, King Ahab um, it will not rain in this earth or have dew in this earth for three and a half years. So we went to see King Ahab. I did his usual courtesy with King Ahab and all that. Let me say, tell you something, King Ahab. It's not going to rain, nor there will be dew in this earth for three and a half years. Mighty King Ahab. And he walked away, and he probably ran around the corner. Because it tells us in, in James, that, that in, in the book of James, the New Testament, it actually tells us that, that Elijah fervently prayed, Oh Lord, don't let it rain. He fervently prayed that it would not rain. That's in the book of James. I'll give you the actual chapter and the verse for it. Chapter 5 and verse 17. Now that's important to know that when it comes to prophesying. Because when we prophesy, I think we have to back our prophecies up by prayer. I don't think it's enough to go to somebody and say, I think the Lord sent something to you or this may be for you, whatever. If you believe in what you're saying, you know, you have to have the, 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 the conviction to pray that into existence. Now, bear that in mind. Here's, here's what Paul says about that in Romans 12 and 6. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Prophesy in accordance with your faith. Don't prophesy whatever comes out of your spirit. If your faith cannot meet it, it must be equal to your faith. Maybe God would love somebody to go into the Royal Victoria Hospital and clear out the sick sick people. I'm not going to do it. I don't have that sort of faith. So I could go in there and say, the Lord says this place is going to be cleared out to all sick people. I can't do it. I don't have that faith. Elijah 
had the faith. He prayed, prayed fervently. He had the faith for not to reign for three and a half years. In the will of the Spirit, yes, but he still had to make that faith level. And the same with us. God wants us to prophesy, but he wants us to prophesy according to our faith. So let's go on very quickly. There's, there's a gift of the prophet to the church. This could be a, a, to a church or to a group of churches. And the gift of the prophet is one of five offices given to that church. Ephesians 4, 11 and 13. So Christ gave himself, uh, so Christ himself gave the prophets, the apostles, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. What for? To equip, to equip the work of the ministry. This is not a gift of the Spirit in the sense that this applies to anybody. These are specific gifts that, God, that Jesus Christ has given to specific people to, to do a specific job with a specific office on him. To one would be an apostle. To somebody else, Christ might say, you are going to be the prophet, the evangelist, etc. Not all churches run this here, but, but I'm saying our hearts should be open maybe to receive that. What, for what reason? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. To equip and teach people how to minister to a dying world. Then finally here we have the gifts of prophecy uh, from the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 and 13, 11. And you know, this is what we want to sort of now hone in on. It's the gift of prophecy. Next slide, please. Is the gift of prophecy. Desiring the gift of prophecies. And I, desi- I desire that everyone here tonight desires to pray and seek the gift of prophecy. That we may be a prophesying church. To be a prophesying church is what we ought to be and we hope to be one day. A prophet is a message, a prophecy is a message inspired by God, a divine revelation. The Bible says that prophets spoke from God as they were moved by the Spirit. So a prophet is one who receives God's gifts in declaring it and declares it to others. Now, next bit's very important, down to the love bit. And we must get this one right. The last, last, last paragraph there says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You've heard that before. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Revelations 19 and 10. What is the testimony of Jesus? What is my testimony? What is your testimony? It is the testimony that we do, is who we are, is what we do and what we are. The same with Jesus. What is he? What does he do? What is he? What does the Bible say about Jesus? For example, Jesus is loving, kind, compassionate, full of grace, forgiving, patient, trustworthy, and many, many, many other things. Now, I haven't gotten this short, but I want us to really understand this. Again, another thing. There's a lot of things here we have to understand tonight. 
So I hope you're understanding them all. This one here is very important. Jesus has a message for somebody in this church tonight. Say, the Holy Spirit listens in, he catches it, and the Holy Spirit brings it to the person whom he has chosen. And if you read again that um, Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14, at the end of that chapter, it say he chooses individually who he wants to do a job. Ah, I have you to do it, or I have you to do it, okay? So he, the Holy Spirit, chooses a person to be that prophet, okay? Now, when Jesus releases that word, he does it in perfect love with all the attributes that I mentioned and so many more. It goes to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit uh, has all the attributes and it's perfect love. So that word has left Jesus, gone to the Holy Spirit in perfect love. Now, does it go downhill from here on? Because the Holy Spirit has chosen, say, chosen me to share this word to somebody. So I hear that word and I do go to brother such and such or sister such and such and, and share it. But what happens if my heart is not love? What happens if my conduit, because I'm, I'm like a conduit that's flowing through me to that person. Just say I'm angry that day. Just say I don't have love that day. Just say I have um, sin in my life that I, I just haven't really got my head over. And I start to, to give that word to that person. Do you know what happens? And I wish I was wrong on this. But do you know what happens? We read it earlier. It is nothing. It has lost its power. The Holy Spirit had that alive and living and going into that person. But it was lost simply because we did not have love. Now I can back that statement up from James 1 and 26. James 1 and 26 talks about curses and blessings. It's actually talking about something a little bit different. He says you cannot praise and worship God and the next moment you start to downgrade and backbite. He says, James says that doesn't work that way. And what James actually went on to say, so if we do not bridle our tongue, but what deceives our own heart, this one, this person's religion or this person's spirituality is useless. So when we reach, when, if our hearts, our hearts don't have to be perfect, our hearts are never perfect. But you know something? If I sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness if I turn to the blood of Jesus Christ. I have no excuse. And I can be a clean conduit again to let his word go forward. And if, I'm, if the conscience is clean, the Spirit of God will bring that word out with power and bring change in that person's life. If it's not like that, it's just words and no power behind them. And that's not what we want, and that's not what God wants. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, um, we'll just, Jim, just very briefly, go to the one after that. Um, I'll go back one again, please. Sorry, Jim, just back one. This is what Peter was talking about earlier. We need to know God's word. 
because God will use his word as a method of getting a message across to somebody else. So we need, really need to start to know God's word better than we um, No, I've said better than we have. Maybe you're very good at God's word, but we need to have a good knowledge of God's word. More the better. Let me put it that way. This next one, please, Jim. Again, I can't talk much about this, but this is um, Logos and Rima words from the Bible. A Logos word is the written word of God. It's going to be a little thing. This is the Logos word. From, from beginning to end, this is a narrative of all that God wants us to know. It tells us about creation. It tells us about God. It tells us about Jesus and the way of redemption. Right, that is the Logos word. But there's also the Rhema word. Now the Rhema word is when the Holy Spirit takes a portion of the Logos word to highlight it to you. That is the Rhema word. Do you ever read the Bible and all of a sudden um, a couple of verses bang, out on you, just hit you in the face almost. It illuminates, it magnifies, it becomes alive. You ever experienced that? That is the Rhema word. That is the word that the Holy Spirit has taken for you at that moment and, and give it up to you. It's like a waterfall. And that's all the, that's the Logos word flying down. But the Holy Spirit has a glass. And he wants you to have a, a bit of water that's special for you today. And he puts that into the waterfall. He says, drink this. This is the Rhema word for you today from, from Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? And when we get that Rhema word, so often our hearts are transformed because it's just not a word. And I know the word of God is important. It's for doctrine, it's for reproof, it's for correction, and it's for instruction in righteousness. But there's also this special word for that moment of time that may be for you. Next one, please. Um, Yeah. We're now sort of getting down to um, how we operate these gifts. Um, And I have about seven minutes left. About ten minutes. Five minutes. Okay, um, when, the fact that we're born again, how do we hear God's voice? We're the sheep. How do we hear God's voice? Very important. Do you know how we hear God's voice? It happens automatically. God is not hiding his voice from us. In fact, you probably find that God has been saying a lot of things to you. You just haven't been hearing them. And God speaks to us usually with a still small voice, sometimes a whisper. But what he is, but he will not do it in such a way that you can't hear him. It's just that we don't we're not tuned into his voice and he wants us to be tuned into his voice. Because you're born again, God's spirit will speak to your spirit. Listen to your spirit. When I very quickly. When I was in, um, I used to be in the Merchant Navy, I used to do signals, right? Um, 
And one of my jobs was to, to hear the call sign of our vessel, GGRE. I'll never forget it, right? And you're tuning in very, very carefully, and you hear lots of voices, lots of signals, and you don't get it. But after a wee bit of practice, you do get it. And you, 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 and you sort of hear GGRE, GGRE, and you home in on that, and you get it. But see, when you get it the first time, it's always easier to get it the second time, and the third time, and the fourth time, and the hundredth time, because God is going to speak to you continually. And we just have to spend a little bit of time to practice and listen to his voice. There's a word for that. It's called active listening. And we have to be active listening to hear what God has to say. There are, I'm not going to go into the examples often, but they're really good examples, but we're not going to do it. Um, if you invite me back sometime in the future, we might do that. <laughs> um, um, but when prophets speak... They speak um, edification, exhortation, and comfort. That is important. They don't speak outside that envelope. They speak edification, which means they want is to build you up, it's to make you strong. They will, they'll speak exhortation, which means they, they say words to encourage you, to motivate you into action. Or they speak uh, comfort. I think I want to share one with you. And that's the comfort one. Excuse me, it's a very simple one to share. And it's nothing, no flashing lights or anything. Just, it was just a rima word that came for this woman one night, one, one afternoon, when she was around in our, in our counseling room. Her face was drawn. Her eyes were black. She looked sorrowful. She's been like that for a long time. Sin had got her. She could, grief had got her, sorry, the um, shame and guilt had got her, and she couldn't lift out of that. She just could not lift out of it. And no matter what we said or did for her, she had that on her. And I remember, actually we'd normally sit, but she was standing there and I was standing here. And I think it must have been the end of, of one of our, our, our sessions. I think she was about to go. And the spirit popped something into my mind. And I believe it's a Rima word. And what it, it wasn't even sort of exactly the scriptures, but the essence was there. And, and I've said this before in different ways to her. I said to her, uh, by that Rima word, I said, you know something, let's call her Elizabeth. You know something, Elizabeth? God really does love you. And he has accepted you. You're part of his family. That's all. That's all I said. I said things like that so many times before in different ways. But this time was different. It was the unction of the Holy Spirit in a, in, a, in a special way behind that. She heard that. And she looked at me. And then her eyes started to water up and she cried and cried and cried. And she said, a day or two later, and she looked so different, so bright. She says, I now realize that God loves me. I now realize I'm accepted. My, my heavenly father accepts me. And if my heavenly father accepts me, that's all that matters. And she's right. Some people will accept you. Some people will reject you. God will never reject you. He'll always accept you. And that's what happened to her. And that rhema word brought 
a life-giving power of the Spirit back into her world. Gareth, I think we should finish now. Okay? Um, if you want to hear the res come back another day, <laughs> don't know when. But, um, yeah, um, are you okay? Um, do you want to do a wee bit of that? Right, what we're thinking of doing now, actually, is um, we thought we could practice prophesying, okay? So we're going to start here, work our way around every row. (laughs) (laughs) We may not do that because we've got five minutes, okay? Um, Steve, you might go up to the piano, or the uh, keyboard. Do you want to stand for a second just to get, just up for a minute and sit down again, if you like? Thank you, Lord. I believe that the word says that God will confirm his word with signs and wonders, right? I might say a sign, but we could get a sign and wonders tonight. But he will confirm his word. We have shared his word tonight. So let's believe the Holy Spirit is going to do something on every heart tonight. Okay? Let me sit down now, okay? I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit to us to move and brood over us, hover over us, okay? We're going to do this for five minutes, and then that's going to come to an end. We're not going to ask what you've received. That's between you and God. But a few, a few wee pointers. Um, don't be trying to get mindful. Don't get, don't get all um, mindful tonight. Don't do that. Don't get, let, let, your, let your spirit, let your spirit be free tonight. Just... I'm relaxing. I'm relaxing. And you might say, God, do you love me? And you might get a sense of a quickening, a, a tickly quickening in your spirit. Take that as yes. You know? Or you may get a, 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 a voice inside you, a little voice inside you, or you might get a knowing feeling. I know, I just know, I just know feeling. That's the same spirit. And when we do this, the rest of this some other time, we will actually concentrate more about these things, okay? But th- that's what I think we should do tonight, okay? So you forward, you game, have a go. All right. Um, I've asked Stephen to get something, and um, I don't think we... Music's also important. What sort of music do you play? You know, I, I don't think we should have, these are the dead of Elijah. <laughs> Um, what's happening? Everybody says, God's prophesied with me. I'm going to be a strong, powerful man. Oh, God. Might, you, might be, but you, might be, um, you might be just influenced by the music. The music has to be fairly, fairly not bland. I don't think musicians like that word, but you know what I mean by bland? Uh, <laughs> right, we're going to get some bland music. <laughs> So, um, if you start off, I'll start. Okay, forget about the person beside you. Forget about everybody else. You're in this room by yourself. It's you and it's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God speaks to your spirit. And your spirit will convey that message to your mind. Uh, and, and you will receive it that way. All right? So, just let the Holy Spirit go. Holy Spirit, I ask you to to, to move upon every person in this room tonight. 
Holy Spirit, I ask you just to draw yourself close to everyone, that they will experience you in a new and living way. You're the life-giving Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. I've got four minutes just to be. Just seek God. Gently speak, seek God. Not hard, just gently. Just be open. I sense that some people were sensing, if you put it that way, um, uh, a sense of, the Bible says, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water, a sense of, a, a mild sense of joy. To some, there's a sense of peace. Some are struggling. And it's, you know, that's, I got, but you know exactly where you are. Pursue, pursue love and earnestly seek after gifts of the Spirit, especially to prophesy. Start this journey. Don't stop until you start to experience things in a way that you've never experienced before.